I'm Emma Davidson from Days of Fashion and I'm here with Global Artistic Director of Gantt, Christopher Baston, and author, artist and activist Wilson Oriema to discuss Gantt's SS21 Remake Heavy Rugger Collection, a new sustainable offering that reimagines the label's iconic style for a new era. So welcome Christopher and Wilson. Um, I'm just wondering if you could introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. My name is Wilson Oriyama. I operate under a few different titles, but I would say the um, tying theme to everything is human consumption and its effects on human behaviour and the environment. So in the way that maybe we consume things, whether that's purchasing, attention, uh, eating or anything, and, and just the different ways that our actions have an impact on, or our choices have an impact on collective humans and the wider world. So that can go through different spaces, whether that's books of poetry. Uh, I did a documentary on toxic chemicals in fashion and its effects on the human body. I've co-founded this social change initiative called Regenerative Futures, which is focused on bridging the intergenerational gap through collaboration and conversation, because one of our main uh myself and my co-founder, one of the main causes for many issues in society is just the lack of understanding of people who maybe grew up in a different time than you. And that's becoming more visible by the day. So we thought it'd be good to to create a, an organization to, to kind of combat that. So alongside that, I've also been in the fashion industry for maybe seven, eight years, kind of kicked off as a model, maybe doing other things like assisting people on different jobs, whether that was style and photography. And then I kind of got more a bit into the focus on clothes and where they're coming from and all of these other concerns in terms of whether that's fair wages or, or sustainability through, through kind of tying in my art as well. And that happened about four or so years ago. And, and so I kind of operate in these different spaces and try to bring them together under this underlying theme of human consumption and its effects. Cool. Thank you. And Christopher? Yeah, so my name is Christopher Bestin. I am the creative director at Gantt. And I started working with fashion. I kind of, you know, just like fell into it. I was in a band and I was supposed to work with music and become a musician and all that stuff. So my 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 last year in, in high school, we did these internships and I was supposed to do it at a record store. Uh, but when I came to that record store, they only sold classical music. And I love classical music as much as the next guy. But at the time, it was like Nirvana. I think it was 1989 or 90. And I had like my hair was down to my back. There was like rings everywhere. Um, I was a very grunge-influenced uh, little guy. So, you know, I, I went across the street instead. And there was this amazing denim store in Stockholm called Solo back in the day. So I went in there and said like, hi guys, I can work here for free two days a week. And they were like, yeah, sure. And um, so I just got hooked. I've always loved beautiful things. Um, my grandfather was a painter and an artist. My grandmother was a photographer. My grandmother on my maternal side worked for Dior at a big uh, department store here in Stockholm. So I didn't know that I had like a creative side when it came to, to fashion, I think, until I, 
I found myself kind of immersed in the whole kind of history of, of fashion and the background and started to get more and more interested in why we dress the way we do and, you know, what makes people hearts go boom. And then 2005, I, I applied for a job as a shirt designer with, with Gantt. And to my surprise, I got the job. Um, I don't have any formal training uh, as a designer at all. Uh, so it's, 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 a lot of, it's all gut feeling and, you know, blood, sweat and tears, I guess. But it's, uh, no, it's, it's been a fantastic ride with, with Gantt. I've been here for a long time now. Amazing. And so, Christopher, I hear that Gantt has kind of undergone a transformation in recent years. I'm wondering if you could kind of talk us through how it's changing, what it's moving towards, and maybe who it's for. I would say that, I mean, what we're doing at Gantt right now is that we're on a journey. We are getting back to our roots as a essential preppy American sportswear brand. We're talking a lot about being the future of American sportswear here, and that encompasses everything we do. Not only the collections, but how we work with them, how we take responsibility for the whole chain. We're definitely pushing ourselves forward and upwards in terms of fashion and, and the fashion level we operate with. And we want to um, we want a new consumer to discover Gantt, um, the new generation out there. A lot of them haven't heard about Gantt. It's also for us, it's also about educating our consumers about our history and legacy. There are a few brands in our kind of arena that have been operating for as long as we have. And um, yeah, so it's, it's really exciting here. We're, we're doing a lot of fun projects and, you know, pushing the boundaries, see how far we can take it. And, and at the same time, you know, we, it's really important for us not to alienate our loyal consumers. Um, and we're, we're, we're a big global brand. So, you know, there's so many dynamics that works into it. But yeah, no, it's, a, it's an exciting time at Ghent. And so I hear that you are a bit of an aficionado on the Gantt Rugger um, and its heritage and history. I'm wondering if you can kind of fill us in on on that history. When I came to Gantt and realised that we have pretty much the same history as, you know, the big denim brands or uh, any of the other iconic American sportswear brands, I started doing a lot of research. Uh, eBay was around, which was fantastic, so I started buying a lot of uh, made in the US stuff. And when I realized that not only did we do fantastic shirts back then as well, but in the late 60s, we we were also one of the first brands who kind of took the rugby shirt off the field and made it into a fashion staple and one of the iconic American sportswear garments. So I started buying a lot of them, started you know, trying to date them based on old ads because uh, we have a huge library of, of old Gantt ads here as well. And we did some fantastic advertising for, for the rugby shirts back then as well. And as a matter of fact, in, in the beginning of the 70s, when they, when they launched um, the line that they called Rugger, um, or they, we, it became such a successful operation that it, in just a couple of years, going from being a shirt-only brand, uh, it was around 30 to 40% of the entire production. So it became a, it became a huge business for us as well. So, so it fascinated me that something that we, you know, take for granted today when we go into to a Gantt store, for instance, that it took that path from from the sports field where it was used from in the middle of the 19th century, basically, into becoming such a iconic American sportswear garment. Um, and we've been doing it since since the you know late 60s. 
in very different variations. So, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's all you know. You can play around even more with with a rugby shirt than you can with a normal shirt. So, um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And so, what's the SS Twenty One collection all about? Like, what was the idea and inspiration behind it? And like, what did you have on your mood board, for example? Yeah. So, it's we've done remake programs before. We thought it would be interesting for us. It would, you know, the natural thing was to do like patchwork shirts and stuff like that. But we we thought it was really interesting to do something else. And uh, rather than you know repurposing leftover fabrics for for other things, we thought it would be interesting to to kind of make a patchwork uh, rugby out of it. Um, and the good thing about doing these projects is that you actually have to work with what you got. Otherwise it defeats the purpose. Uh, so, you know, luckily for us, we actually had some, you know, the, the, the leftovers that we had were we were able to combine that into a quite beautiful product as well. And so Wilson, I see you're wearing a piece from the collection this morning. Um, I'm just wondering what you like about the brand, what you love about Gantt and kind of what its appeal is to you. For for this uh, rugger in particular, it's, it's quite freeing in, in that many styles today kind of demand like a, a very specific, let's say, frequency of spaces you can you can wear them in. But I, I like the, the freeness that this particular piece allows for. And my approach to style in particular is something that I can I can move between spaces quite easily so I can be in a very casual setting somewhere somewhat formal and, and quite move around and I feel like these well the collection of ruggers actually allow for that very easily and and I think what also draws me to gang is their consistency I think it's very difficult to in in this day and age to to have any um to see someone so consistent with their message and try to improve on what they're doing often it just looks quite haphazardous but seeing and looking at their history and also um interacting with them in the recent past as well it's been it's been very consistent all around and that's kind of warmed me or warned me a lot more to the brand than I had been before and yeah I like it and I know you went for the dress from the collection for the shoot that you're doing for Gantt um, what was it about about that particular piece that appealed to you? Like, why did you pick it out? I didn't even know it was a dress. I, I just liked the um, combination of colours. Well, I, yeah, I just like the strong contrast of the red against the blue. It's quite easily to, to blend or mix with other things, especially in your personal time. So it, it makes for styling a much uh, smoother process. And so why did you each want to work with the other? Like, what are your shared values and where do you both align in terms of these values? Again, for me, uh, the shared values is consistency and and trying to improve step by step. I, I see often in, in society today, we're very excited by the, not the overnight success, but more so just the flash and the pan, the thing that suddenly surprises us out of nowhere, but it disappears in a very short time after. So seeing what, and my whole personal approach is kind of like uh, maybe making small improvements as which in turn build into much bigger changes. And, and I feel like Gantt's values echo that. So for me, that is that as well. And also their um, openness, whether say for example I, I take on various projects and I'm very open and honest about whether they succeed fail how they progress over time 
And and I feel like Gantt has also taken the same stance. You can see it in their sustainability reports and, and various other um, aspects of their um, company. And, and I felt like we aligned very well on that part as well. I was so happy to kind of look at what Wilson has been doing. I think that sustainability and you know taking responsibility for for the world we live in is a very serious thing and Wilson is a perfect ambassador the way that he does it you know everything you do looks fantastic um with different Instagram accounts and the organizations that you work with are you know not only is it a lot of like useful information and like an eye-opener to people and the whole Gen Z which you know know much more about this than my old generation does but I think it's also inspiring from for me as a as a as a creative person to dig into the people that you're working with, the design that you put into everything that you do. So the connection was super obvious. My my two oldest daughters are are 18 and 20, and the 20 year old knew exactly who you were, um, oh, wow. which is really cool. They know everything cool, and I don't. But it's also it just goes to show that you can't talk the same way to the new generation the same way that, that you talk to me. That doesn't work. It doesn't fly. And it's us that needs to adapt to the new generation, not the other way around. And so this move towards sustainability that's so important to fashion's future right now, how has that impacted your personal style or the way you present yourselves? On my behalf, it's super easy. Like pretty much the only thing I wear are vintage Gantt shirts. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I've been working with fashion for such a long time and most of my days are spent thinking about what other people should be wearing and how they should be wearing it. And, and a lot of my head revolves around colors. So after the old 11 years at Ghent, I, I got really tired of my own wardrobe and my approach to it. So I pretty much gave everything away that I had and found a great pair of jeans for myself. Black, uh, bought five pairs of those, bought a bunch of organic cotton black t-shirts and uh, I've stuck to that for the past six years and it wasn't until I came back to Ghent that I started wearing shirts again because I've always loved shirts this one is from 62 and it's still going strong I made that choice not not from a sustainability perspective only I, I made that choice because it was easier for me I didn't have to spend time with it's like what am I wearing today but but I, you know, I've, I've grown used to it. And, and now when I buy something, it's something that I know will last for, I could probably give it to my kids when I, when I grown out of it or like gotten tired of it 10 years later. So sustainable style for me has, it's, I've been, it's been an ongoing journey. Of course, being in the fashion industry, you get pulled into the chaos in a sense of, and, and the, the greed or desire for, for more in terms of more styles, more clothes and whatever. But for me, I think being in that more has kind of pushed me to kind of step back and try to strip down or, or take away the the excess. So for the most part, I only wear like a few sets of clothes and, and cycle through them most of the time. Like even say last year, despite, of course, it obviously being a pandemic, I probably only bought one item of clothing. And I think that was a hat towards the end of the year. So it was... It's also going through processes like that, which have helped me to really just realize that I don't need that many clothes or that many items. All you need is like a piece of item that can 
help and be functional in most, if not all, situations and you're ready to go. And, and that's my approach to it. Sure. And so how do you see fashion moving forwards in the future, both of you? Like, what's next for the industry in terms of sustainability? And like, where do we go from here? I think for us as a brand, we can't put the responsibility on the consumer, really. Especially when you're a big brand like Gant. We, we're all over the world and we, we do a lot of clothes. And, you know, let's not fool ourselves. The, the, the fashion industry in itself is not sustainable. And, and especially the way that it's been operating for the past 50 years. So I think that we have a very big responsibility as a brand. You know, it wouldn't be of any use to anyone if all the fashion brands ceased business because... We also do a lot of good. We, we employ a lot of people around the world. We, we, we keep developing areas and, uh, you know, life wouldn't be as fun if it wasn't for fashion, actually. So I think as a, as a big company, you really have to take a responsibility and, and you need to do it uh, with a lot of transparency. And, you know, we need to be, we need to educate the consumer why we do the things we do, how we do them. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's a, it's a shared responsibility, but, but we as a brand can, cannot put that responsibility solely on the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like Christopher said, it's a two-way street on, on the one side. You have a massive responsibility when you're in the business of servicing as, as many people as say Gantt does or, or any organization. So there's a massive responsibility in part to do best for the communities that they serve as as well as the people and as well from where the sourcing of the clothes, how things are produced and so on. But also on, on the consumer side, there's a massive uh, need to be more responsible and considered in your choices and uh, how you inform yourself on what's going on. I think right now we're in a difficult time where, let's say, the responsibility scale or how it's viewed is quite um, imbalanced. And there's a massive kind of focus on the brand as opposed to a more shared approach. So it kind of allows for people to kind of take the approach of, say, attacking brands as like low-hanging fruit that they can just say, hey, you're doing this really terribly, as, as opposed to saying, hey, let's walk together hand in hand and try and understand. So it's like, we think this is a problem, but we're not how, sure how to solve it. Let's work together. So I, I definitely think it's a shared responsibility and it's something we uh, collectively as an industry, as citizens of the world can try and work together to kind of find better ways of learning from each other and improving the processes as we go along. And so, Christopher, how is Gantt moving towards a more sustainable future? Like, what practices is it employing or moving towards in terms of sustainability? I heard you have something called the seven rules that you really try to abide by. Gantt has always been a sustainable brand from a, from a standpoint that we've always done very high-quality clothing. I think down the line, the best way of being sustainable in our industry is to make sure that you do really good clothes that will last for a generation but the seven rules it was a way for for us to make sure that what what we do it kind of takes care of all of the chain not just like the production of it and selling it but what happens afterwards as well uh, the kind of end of life for garments as well and we we really we really went from being a compliant company to being much more active and value-based in our approach to sustainability about like five years ago and we've set up some really ambitious goals that we're actually on track with right now, you know, so we're going to have 
sustainability sourced cotton by 2022, which is the year of cotton um, for us. I think that you know we we reduce our water consumption by 50 percent by 2025, and the goal is to by 2025 have 100 percent sustainability sourced key materials as well, because we are a cotton heavy. Uh, company, I think roughly 75% of, of the fibers that we use are cotton. So even the more reason to really, really find ways of doing that in a much better way. So we've set up a really ambitious plan that we're sticking to. Uh, we're ahead of plan in some areas as well. And and even though it's a small project, but I think doing something like this with the remake program, it's also from a sustainability impact is not big but the impact it has in, in educating the consumer and, and, and showing people what Gantt wants to do as a brand, I think it can have a, a really big impact. You know, transparency is becoming very, very important. The whole mystery behind the fashion industry that used to be, uh, there's no reason for it to be there anymore. I think the transparency towards the consumer and, you know, if, if I go and pay £100 for a shirt, uh, I think I've earned the right to, to know everything there is to know about that shirt. And I think transparency is is going to be key as well. This has been Emma Davidson, Christopher Basten and Wilson Oriema discussing the SS21 Gantt Heavy Rugger Collection plus the future of sustainable fashion. Thanks so much to you, Christopher and Wilson, for being with us and to you for listening. Goodbye.